Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and I still am, I guess. <laughs> a little, little foggy-headed today. I don't know why. It's a beautiful day outside. Uh, happy to have you here for the next hour. Today, of course, being Wednesday, I'm going to share with you some of our Holy Father's general audience from earlier, earlier today over in Rome, where he taught about the Beatitudes. Beautiful teaching from Pope Francis, and then... Uh, I thought today, uh, kind of going back and forth, but I, I, I picked up my Vatican II, the conciliar and post-conciliar documents book that I've had for almost 30 years now. The, the pages are even yellowed. And I don't know why I bought it when I bought it, but uh, I'm so happy I did because through the years I've used it it's you can see there's a lot of dog-eared pages and and uh, well used, which is good because these are the documents that came from the fathers of the Second Vatican Council, and if you've never read them, and you only prescribe to one source of information about Vatican II, you might have a a, a skewed impression. So you have to read the documents. You have to read what the fathers actually said. You know, Father Groeschel, God rest his soul, in one of his teachings would, would say, there's a frightening specter out there known as the spirit of Vatican II. <laughs> and that's true. How often do you remember? Maybe not so much today as we used to hear, maybe back in the 90s. Maybe that's why I bought it, where they say, well, in the spirit of Vatican II, we're going to tie red balloons on the end of every pew at Pentecost and... At the end of Mass, we'll let them go, you know, all that kind of stuff. Or the felt on burlap banners uh, that would go up in the churches and things in the spirit of Vatican II. But when you read the documents, and I remember Bishop O'Connell told me this um, a year or so ago, and he would say, you know, with all the Vatican councils, all the, the church councils that they've had in the, in the course of our church's history, it usually took about 50 years for the dust to settle and the smoke to clear, to really understand what the fathers were teaching in uh, their documents as a result of, of the council. So, and it's true if you read these, and I, you know, you can get this book. I'm sure anywhere, uh, anywhere, any Catholic bookstore or online. Um, but I mean, I've shared it with you many years at times here on this program, and you read these documents, and it's as if they were written yesterday. So anyway, I'm going to go to, to a section today from their decree on ecumenism where, and I'm not going to read the whole document, obviously, but I'm going to just read from the introduction. And it really talks a little bit about the church being united uh, before we get into all the, before the document gets into all the other aspects of ecumenism, it just talks about a, a united church. 
And, you know, the devil has been trying to destroy this church from the very beginning, and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. But you see the division down through the years, when for the first thousand years, there was only one Christian church. It was the Catholic church. That was it. And then after the split with the East, 500 years later, then Martin Luther, and since then it's been spiraling out of control where anybody and his brother who wants to start a, a church can start one. So anyway, we'll get to that. Let's pray, though, first, my friends. And as always, I invite you to join me and all of our family gathered from around the globe here as we go to so many um, parts of the world now with our social media and, uh, again, you know, through our our network of radio stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, of course, but also streaming audio from our website. Uh, also, uh, if you have our free domestic church media app, you can listen right there. And if you haven't downloaded that app, I encourage you to do so. It's free. And it doesn't just have a domestic church media audio on it. It has everything you need. Everything, well, not everything, but close to everything you need in your daily walk of faith. Um so you can listen that way or watch because we're coming to you live also on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media. Also, facebook.com slash domestic church media. We're streaming a video there and also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. You can watch the program there. But let's now come together and gathered as family. Uh, I invite you to raise up your special prayer intentions, whatever they are. And I'm inviting you to join all of our brothers and sisters in prayer. And I forget what prayer I prayed yesterday. We, we switched. Didn't we switch to another prayer? And I forget. <laughs> I told you I'm a foghead today. Um, let's pray this prayer to St. Joseph. You know, he's, he's, he's my man. I just opened my little Catholic prayer book here, and it came up to St. Joseph. So I suppose we need to pray this prayer. Let's invoke the assistance and the intercession of good St. Joseph. And begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O glorious St. Joseph, chosen by God to be the foster father of Jesus, the chaste spouse of Mary, ever virgin, and head of the Holy Family, be the heavenly patron and defender of the church founded by Jesus. With confidence, we beg your powerful aid for the church on earth. Shield it with parental love, especially the Supreme Pontiff, together with all the bishops and priests who are in union with the Holy See. Be the defender of all who labor for souls. Protect the working men and women and their families. Intercede for young people who are searching for their place in life. Be the sure refuge of all for all of us at the hour of death and guide us safely into heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. And let's also pray, as our Holy Father asked us to pray. He asked Catholics to faithfully pray the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer, on a daily basis, specifically praying to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. 
And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, and I'm encouraging you, as I do every day, to send your prayer requests to us. Uh, already, we're coming up to the third, are we the third? Is this, no, is this, it's going to be the first, <laughs> the first Monday uh, coming up is first Monday in February. Whoa. Um, here I'm thinking it's going to be the third Monday in January, but boy, is my calendar off. Yes, so this coming Monday, just a few days from now, will be the first Monday in February. So Bruce DeBacco will be here as he is on the first and third Monday, and he will uh, be throwing open the prayer tent at 3 o'clock live here on these domestic church media stations and invite you to call in with prayer. And leading up to that, if you want to send in your prayer requests, you can email them to us here, and the email address is pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. That's pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. And we can have the prayer requests here for Bruce. Uh, and uh, you can also text your prayer requests to uh, 609-493-8255. 609-493-8255. That's the text number right now. And then, of course, on Monday when Bruce is live on the air, you'll be able to call that number and pray with Bruce live over the air. So uh, keep those intentions coming in. I, I, As faithfully as I can, and, and usually are pretty faithful about this, uh, when I first come in in the morning, I go into the chapel here before the tabernacle, I pray my morning prayer, and I include you and all of your intentions that you send in, uh, and I do the same before I leave at the end of the day uh, to pray night, uh, pray evening prayer in the chapel. So keep those prayer intentions coming in. I love praying for you. I was, I was with my, I mentioned to you, I was with my spiritual director on Monday, and uh, I was kind of going over, you know, my day with him and, and always trying to seek the Lord's will and and. He kind of smiled and said, sounds like you're living a, a monastic life there, Jim. <laughs> so, and uh, I love it. So anyway, keep those intentions coming in. I want to keep praying for you. And um, a couple things before we get to the Holy Father. Um, in February, between February 8th and the 22nd, we're going to install our brand new control board. And as I mentioned to you a week or so ago, a very generous couple on the board of directors here at Domestic Church Media, earmarked a very generous donation uh, that is going to allow us to purchase a brand new control board. And this control board that I use here, if you if you watch the video, you can see it. The board, um, it's about 35 years old. The manufacturer has gone out of business, and uh, if it ever needed parts, we wouldn't be able to get them. In fact, we were going to put a new board in last year. Uh, again, with a very generous donation from the same couple. Uh, but when we had our issues with mold and remediation and things, um, they suggested that that those funds be diverted to help to pay. Didn't pay for the whole thing because it cost us about $37,000 last year to get all that mold out of here. Um, but it went toward that. But anyway, thanks be to God. This year uh, they have been uh, made a generous donation. They're going to have this brand-new control board put in, which is state-of-the-art, all kinds of digital stuff, and I, I think it'll actually fly the building if we take it. <laughs> but it will do all kinds of stuff. But anyway, my point is this, is that 
during that time, and I'm not sure exactly the time frame, because obviously there won't be a control board. We're going to have to. We can't have any live programming, uh, so we're going to have to put repeats on or pre-recorded programs if we can, you know, do that. So I'll keep you posted on that. The regular programming will not be interrupted. You just might hear a few more repeats than you normally hear, but that's because the board will not be in operation. So, uh, so I'll keep you posted on that. Um, but very exciting. It's very, very exciting. We've been waiting a long time for a, a brand new control board, which uh, has all the bells and whistles on it. So we'll see. Uh, look forward to having that here. And again, thanks to that very generous couple uh, who every year for the past few years has made uh, that type of um, gift to the apostolate that allowed us to have our driveway paved a few years ago and, and our parking lot repaved and uh, put this beautiful studio up here uh, that I sit in now. We had it all redone. I, I was watching some some um, YouTube video from before the studio was, was redone, and it was dark, and it was just, you know, just <laughs> bright. We have this beautiful, beautiful space. So, And that's a result, again, of a very generous donation. Um, and then uh, last year, as I said, they helped to alleviate some of the cost of the uh, mold removal and things that we had done. And this year, again, a beautiful coming up, a beautiful uh, control board. So we, we pray for this uh, wonderful co- All my board members are, are, are magnificent people, good, holy men and women who through the years have, have made enormous sacrifices of time, talent, and treasure uh, to keep this operation going. So... We thank them for that, and it's just very, very exciting. Um, now, I didn't know this until I read it today, that Holy Father Pope Francis has co-authored a book that's coming out before. You know, this year, um, 2020, will mark the 100th anniversary of the birth of St. Pope John Paul II. He was born in May of 1920, um, <clears throat> May 18th, I believe, of 1920. So prior to his the 100th anniversary of his birth, Pope Francis has co-authored a book uh, of reflections on the life of St. Pope John Paul II. It's going to be published in Italian initially, and I'm sure it'll be translated eventually to English. But listen to what he titled the book. This is from Pope Francis. He titled the book, St. John Paul the Great. That's the title of the book. So he's kind of officially, in that sense, giving... I know some people already use that, but it really wasn't really official church designation yet. But I would consider if the Holy Father is writing a book on reflections, uh, of reflections rather, on the life of St. Pope John Paul II, and he titles the book, as it will be titled, St. John Paul the Great, uh, we can start referring to St. John Paul the Great as such. Uh, so it should be coming out um, uh, sometime ahead of the Hundredth anniversary of uh, Saint John Paul the Great's birthday uh, on May eighteenth, and then I'm sh- initially it's going to be translated in it's going to be rather uh, um, published in Italian, and then I'm sure it will eventually be translated into English. But I thought that was pretty neat, you know. And it's, and it's the Holy Father reflecting on the life of Saint John Paul. So, and that's just the title of the book, Saint John Paul the Great. So we can. Uh, thank the Holy Father for that. Now, let's go to Rome. Ah, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, earlier this morning, and Pope Francis, as he does uh, most Wednesdays, gave his general audience. And um, this was inside, I guess, inside Paul the Sixth Hall. 
because of this time of year, the weather in Rome is, it can be cold and, you know, cool, damp, rainy. Uh, so they have the, and then if you're there in July, you're sitting out in the, in the, in the July sun, it can be pretty hot. But anyway, um, he was teaching today about the Beatitudes. And he said the Beatitudes should be a defining feature of a Christian's identity because they reveal the way that Jesus lived his life. Holy Father said the Beatitudes always bring joy. They are the way to joy. It will do us good, he said, to take the Gospel of Matthew today. So here's a little homework from the Vicar of Christ. Take the Gospel of Matthew today, chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, and read the Beatitudes. He said, perhaps a few more times during the week. So this is our, our weekly homework assignment from Pope Francis. To understand this road so beautifully, so sure of the happiness that the Lord offers us. The Holy Father said that the Beatitudes should be considered a Christian's identity card because they reveal the face of Jesus himself. Then he said there are eight Beatitudes. It would be nice to learn them by heart, (laughs) to repeat them, to have precisely in mind and heart the law that Jesus gave us. So not only is he asking us to go to Matthew chapter 5 today and read the Beatitudes, and read them a few more times this week, then he's telling us it would be nice to learn them by heart and to really begin to uh, meditate on them, to repeat them, to have precisely, he said, in mind and heart, this law that Jesus gave us. And this is a new catechesis that he began today. So this is going to be good. Uh, He's going to be teaching about the Beatitudes over the next number of of, uh, Wednesdays. And he will reflect on one beatitude per week over the next two months. And uh, now this is going to kind of throw a wrench into our our programming because, as I said, uh, there'll be a two-week span in there in the middle of February where we probably won't have any live programming. So I'll have to kind of I'll back it up when I when when everything's installed when the board is installed we go back to live programming uh, at the end of February we can be pick up where we left off uh, before we we do that uh, but Holy Father said this he said the Beatitudes are a message for all of humanity I bet there are a lot of non-Catholics even non-Christians who know the Beatitudes without even realizing their source. Uh, Cheryl uh, tells me the story, you know, when Cheryl was, uh, before we met, just before we met, actually, back in the mid-1980s, Cheryl was uh, playing piano. You know, she's a pianist. was playing piano uh, at the Sheraton in Cairo, Egypt. For She had a six-month gig over there. Uh, And then at one point during that six-month gig, she had a couple weeks off, I guess, and she went to the Holy Land. And she went on on her own, I guess, and, and went to the Mount of Beatitudes. And in the uh, shrine there for the, the Mount of Beatitudes, they're, they're actually written, I guess, you know, they have them written on the wall, however they have it there. And 
the guide who was leading them through um, was Jewish, and because he was Jewish, he wasn't permitted to read them because of, it would go against his faith. So he would ask for a volunteer in the, in the, in the crowd, uh, a Christian, to read them and show volunteered. So she read the Beatitudes there on, Mount Beatitudes, on the Mount of Beatitudes. Um, but people go there. People, you know, I'm sure tourists go there who don't, aren't even Catholic or Christian, but, but these are very familiar, probably one of the more familiar scripture verses that people know, even non-Christians would know. But Pope Francis said, it, it's not hard to be touched by these words of Jesus, and it's just a desire to want to understand them and to welcome them more fully. He clarified that the Beatitudes bring one the true joy of being blessed, which is different from worldly happiness. And yeah, stop and think about that too. You know, uh, the world today is is seeking um, happiness. You know, how many times have you heard a parent, I just want my children to be happy. Well, that's good. We want them to be happy, but I'd rather say that I, I want my children to have a joyful life, a joy-filled life, and a, a blessed life. Because happiness is fleeting. <laughs> I feel happy today. <laughs> and it, 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 but, but, but true joy, if you're living the life God called you to, you know, the, uh, I come here every day, and I thank God every day. This is the 25th year I've been doing, in one way or another, Catholic radio, it was back in 1999, so 21 years ago that I began doing it full-time. It's hard to believe that it's been that long. But I, I can't think of a day, even in the, the darkest of days, you know, the apostolate, as I've shared with you uh, in the beginning, it was tough trying to do what we were trying to do. And I, I was talking again with about this with with my spiritual director on on Monday, saying you know we we because he's been with me from the very beginning and kind of reminiscing a little bit back and we did this recently at a at a meeting we had here planning the radiothon, um, talking about different events that have taken place in the course of our work here at the Apostolate. And as Father Tim said to me the other day, he says, "It's all grace, Jim. It's just all been grace from the very beginning." And it's so true, and that's blessed. It's a blessed work. And again, through through no merit of my own or anybody else's, we are, we are the workers in the vineyard. And, you know, God has given us stewardship over the work, but it really is God doing the work. We're we're just here to to do what we've been called to do. And when we think of this, that the beatitudes bring individual, uh, the individual true joy of being blessed which is different from worldly happiness. And that's so true because we can be blessed in so many ways. And even the world might look at sometimes, look some of us sometimes and say, how can you be so joyful? Your, 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 your life is miserable. You know, you're confined to a wheelchair or you, you know, you, you're, you're barely making ends meet financially. You've had all these troubles with, you know, in your life with your job, whatever the situation is. But if you have the Lord, if you have Jesus, and you have accept the grace and blessings that he pours down, then you have joy. It's a lot different than just being happy. <laughs> so uh, it's so true. And the Holy Father said the reason for this is, is because it's the Easter joy. 
So think about that, the Easter joy. What is that? You know, we're coming up to a time of year, as I said, Monday already is the first Monday. And February 1st is Saturday, right? Wow. Uh, Ash Wednesday, I believe, is four weeks from today. It's the 25th of February. So we have four weeks before we go into the beautiful season of Lent that prepares us uh, as a penitential season and through our liturgies, gets us ready to once again celebrate what it is we're all about as an Easter people, the, the joy of Easter. And Holy Father said that we have this this true joy of being blessed because it's an Easter joy, because of the, the great promise that Christ brings through his resurrection. And Holy Father said, in giving himself to us, God chooses unthinkable paths that test our limits, bring tears or defeat. He said, it's the joy of one who has the stigmata, but is alive, one who has died to himself and experienced the power of God. And how many of you listening, watching right now have been there? I know we all have been there at one time or another. Again, I, I can go back to my own personal experiences here in the uh, growth of this apostolate and how it began. And what we were, I think back to what we were doing in the beginning. I remember having, uh, I remember one day Cheryl was making breakfast for me and two other gentlemen one of whom is still on my board of directors, and one who uh, moved on. But in the beginning, we were trying to find somebody <laughs> to give us money to start a Catholic radio station. And we would just get names or numbers or make appointments. And and and, and I remember Cheryl was, was, we were meeting at my house, and, and Cheryl uh, made us all breakfast before we went out on our journey to go find someone to give us money to have a Catholic radio station. That's how it all began. And most of the time, we came back with nothing until we met the people that God wanted us to meet. And, and when we came back those, those days with nothing, those defeats, those, you know, the wind knocked out of us saying, is this ever going to happen? I remember saying that to the Lord oftentimes in adoration. Lord, is this ever going to happen? Am I even doing what you want me to do? But still through it all, we may have faced these defeats, as, as Holy Father said, and and. God choosing the unthinkable path that, that tested our limits, that even bring, brought tears at times in defeat. But we had that joy, a blessing, a beatitude, to be able to continue to forge ahead. And you still see, I mean, my goodness, you look around and you see the, the fruits of, of, of those efforts. And, and the, now again, not just me, so many people who along the way, some who have been with us from the very beginning and are still with us, some who were in the beginning and then moved on to another path, some who were with us sometimes during the, 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 uh, the journey and, and have moved on again or moved on now and aren't here anymore. I mean, all these, but God's plan is being fulfilled because of his blessing. Now, Holy Father said, what does the word blessed mean? The original Greek term, makarios, does not indicate one who has a full belly or is doing well, but a person who is in a condition of grace, who progresses in the grace of God. And that's what uh, 
my spiritual director was telling me, uh, we were talking about on Monday, and when talking about the apostolate, he noted that Jesus taught the Beatitudes as part of a Sermon on the Mount, adding that the mountain is an allusion to Sinai where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Pope Francis said, Jesus begins to teach a new law, to be poor, to be meek, to be merciful. These new commandments, Pope Francis said, are much more than norms. In fact, Jesus does not impose anything, but reveals the way of happiness. So this is the, the prelude, really, to what will begin next Wednesday when Holy Father Pope Francis begins his teachings, his Wednesday audiences, eight weeks in a row, teaching on the Beatitudes. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, next week is the uh, 5th of February, something like that. So we'll, we'll have, still have live programming next week. But then after that, we may have to put on repeats for a couple of weeks uh, or pre-record if we can get to it. And, and, but, so I won't be able to do the actual Wednesday general audiences until we get back. Uh, we'll do one next week and then do one at the end of the month, next month, because of the work being done here in the studio. But I'm so looking forward to this, just as we, we enjoyed uh, the Holy Father's teaching on the Acts of the Apostles uh, for so many months uh, last year, now beginning this new series on the Beatitudes. But again, my friends, uh, just meditate on what the Holy Father asked us to do. He asked us to go and read the Beatitudes today in Matthew chapter 5, maybe a couple times, and then really start to memorize them if you can, to know them. And as we go along his teachings, uh, he'll add his, his uh, um, thoughts and his teachings to that. I think it'll be a great, a great uh, lesson and a great uh, exercise in both Scripture and also in understanding the Lord's teaching on the Beatitudes. Let me take a break. When I come back, I want to go to the Second Vatican Council decree on ecumenism, but actually the very beginning where the Council Fathers talk about the unity of the church. And you know, I've been very, very concerned about that, and I want to see what the Father, Council Fathers have to say. So stay where you are, my brothers and sisters. More to come on Come to Me. Halt the attack on traditional marriage and ensure religious freedom for ourselves and for our grandchildren? To do this, we must convert the culture. St. Paul's Street Evangelization is a grassroots initiative that recognizes this need and takes it to the streets. If you're interested in peacefully sharing the gospel in your area, visit streetevangelization.com to learn more. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. He got a satellite dish for pornography. So he took a beer and a sandwich and he sits down and puts on his favorite uh, pornography station and he said, there you were. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and he said, what's that damn nun doing on that pornography <laughs> show? So he's mad, he's very angry and he turns the dial and there I am. <laughs> And then his heart's beginning to beat just a little bit, you know. And he turns a dial, all 52 channels, there I was looking at him. Oh, tight. Oh. Well, he said he turned it off and he walked the floor of the night, his heart beating 100 miles an hour. He said he couldn't sleep. He got up early in the morning and he went with the confession, never watch pornography again. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hi, I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. East Brunswick to East Windsor. Newtown to Neptune. Farmingdale to Flemington. Spring Lake to Stockton. From Colts Neck to Columbia. New Hope to New Egypt. Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. All right, welcome back. In just a moment, we're going to go to the Second Vatican Council document on ecumenism, the decree on ecumenism, but it's going to be the very beginning where the fathers talk about the unity within the church, and I want to share some of that teaching with you. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to remind you that although we are still in January, we're getting close to the end, right? The 31st is Friday already, February 1st, Saturday, um, which means we're just two months away from... Radiothon 2020. 
Um, this is our major fundraiser of the year. It's the fundraiser we count on uh, to carry us through a good portion of the year. Uh, last year was the best Radiothon we had to date. I am praying that this year's Radiothon is the best one yet. Um, but even as good as they they have been and as generous as we've had, uh, all of you have been participating with us. Uh, it's still only represented uh, about 41 last year, about 42% of our entire annual operating budget. So it is important that um, you do participate. Now, I just kind of cast the nets out there. You're always so generous to us. We always come through for us whenever I ask you. I'm going to ask you to start praying uh, about this, um, how you can participate. You know, we'll have the same three-day format. It's going to be April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, before Holy Week, uh, we come in and out. We don't preempt programming for, you know, the entire three days. We, we, we have your your favorites on, but Bruce DeBacco will be here with me, coasting with me, as will Cheryl be here uh, occasionally as well as she was last year, and um, other surprises along the way. But it always is an exciting and fun time. We have a great group of volunteers that come here for those three days. We have... Uh, People in, in adoration, and, I, and I'm sure, I know, I know, that when we started doing that probably about five or six years ago, during the Radiothon, exposing the Blessed Sacrament, having people in there the entire time we're, we're having the Radiothon, that's why it's so successful. The Lord, we talk about blessings, that's how the Lord blesses us. So we're going to have that. Uh, but we're in the planning stages. We're just kind of tightening everything up and getting, you know, assigning different tasks to different people. But I'll ask you, please, to pray about how you can participate. First of all, one thing that we do is every year as a, a preparation for this, you know if, you, if you've been with us that our Radiothon is, is a fun time, an exciting time. Uh, and one of the things that really inspires people is if they hear that there's a matching gift. And so I'm just throwing out right now uh, to anybody out there listening or watching who can make a matching gift of at least $500 or more for the Radiothon. You don't have to give it to me now because it's a match. We only give it to you. We only have to give it to me if we can get people to match it, right? So, for instance, if you say, I want to make a matching gift of $1,000, first of all, that'll make you an apostle. But it means also that your, your gift will be doubled because someone will match it. So that's how it works, and it encourages someone listening that day or one of those three days, okay, we said there's a match for $1,000. Someone goes, okay, here's the $1,000. That means their 1000 became 2000 because you put a match on the table. So the same thing with you. It works both ways. And we've had people who have made matching gifts of, of $1,000 and people who have made matching gifts of $10,000. So pray about that. If you would like to participate in that matching gift program, you could— pledge a matching gift of $500 or more for the 2020 Radiothon, April 1st, 2nd, or 3rd, let me know. You can you can email me and just ask me to give you a call or email you back or just let me know if you can do that or not. That's, that's, we always, in February, we usually start making some phone calls and, and reaching out to friends who have done this for us before um, to help us. And um, as far as your parish goes, you know, now's the time maybe to ask Father. I'll write, I'm writing to all the pastors, as I do every year, and inviting them to participate in whatever way they can, whether it's a, you know, a, a, just a, an outright gift from the parish, 
Uh, or maybe maybe your parish could take up a second collection one week before, you know, between now and the Radiothon and just say this is going to be a gift from us to the domestic church media because we're here to serve. We, we're here 24-7. Anytime anybody wants to listen, they can listen. They're getting true, authentic Catholic teaching. It's a great way to fill in the gaps between Sundays for a lot of people who can't get to Mass during the week, and they can listen to good, solid, rock-solid Catholic teaching and programming and entertainment even. We just, you know, we have a good time here. So pray about that. If you have a Knights of Columbus Council, I'm going to write to the Knights as well. I'm going to write to a few other groups um, and uh, pray about that because we do need you. We need, to, we need to keep this going, and we need to keep growing and going. And the theme of our Radiothon this year is we are one body. That's, that's the theme that came to me in prayer. It's the theme that was confirmed on Monday by my spiritual director. Um, but we need you all to participate. So even if you want to just start saving now, you know, take your extra change and put it in a jar in your kitchen. Uh, and then by the time April 1st rolls around, you might have, you know, 10 or 15 bucks there that you can donate or more. Uh, but pray about it because we do need you. We really count on you. And it's an important time of year for us. Radio 2020, Radiothon 2020, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. All right, let's go to the Second Vatican Council document. Uh, let's see if I can pronounce this in Latin. <laughs> uh, unitatis redintengratio. Unitatis, I got pretty good. That's a, That was an easy one. But it's the decree on ecumenism, November 21st, 1964. And chapter one goes something like this. But I'm going to share this with you because it really talks about the church. Jesus Christ founded one church, right? And this one church that we are in as Catholics, it's right now seeing, as is the entire world, a lot of divisiveness, you know? And, and we mustn't be like that. We're united in Christ, in truth, under one shepherd with the bishops who are in union with him as the people of God. So this is what the fathers wrote. What has revealed the love of God among us is that the only begotten Son of God has been sent by the Father into the world. So that being made man, he might, by his redemption of the entire human race, give new life to it and unify it. Before offering himself up as a spotless victim upon the altar of the cross, he prayed to his Father for those who believe, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. I pray that they may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. In his church, he instituted the wonderful sacrament of the Eucharist by which the unity of the church is both signified and brought about. He gave his followers a new commandment to love one another and promised the Spirit, their advocate, who at Lord, as Lord and life giver should remain with them forever. And that's the first paragraph of chapter one. But again, emphasizing that we are to be one, we are to be unified, that the, and then pointing out, of course, our Lord's prayer the night before he died in John 17, where he prayed that all might, all may be one. 
and that the Eucharist by is, is I'm sorry, the sacrament of the Eucharist by which the unity of the church is both signified and brought about. You know, we go to Mass every weekend, and some of us every day. And we share in this sacrament of unity, the Eucharist, and then leave church and and backbite and backstab and, and point fingers and accuse and, and tear down. And uh, and that's not what it's about as as. Catholics as Christians, as members of the body of Christ. Jesus created this church to be one. And as the Council Fathers wrote, that Jesus coming, being sent by the Father into the world, being made man by his redemption, give it new life and unify it. He came to to bring us together. And they continue, After being lifted up on the cross and glorified, the Lord Jesus poured forth the Spirit whom he had promised and through whom he has called and gathered together the people of the new covenant, which is the church, into a unity of faith, hope, and charity. As the apostle teaches us, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. You who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit dwelling in those who believe and pervading and ruling over the entire church who brings about that wonderful communion of the faithful and joins them together so intimately in Christ that he is the principle of the church's unity. By distributing various kinds of spiritual gifts and ministries, he enriches the Church of Jesus Christ with different functions in order to equip the saints for their work of service so as to build up the holy body of Christ. Remember, this is from the Second Vatican Council in their decree on ecumenism. So knowing that, you think, well, okay, so we're talking about unifying all those 45,000 Christian churches that broke away and bring them. Well, that's fine. Yes, we want that. We pray for that. The Lord pray for that. But we have to also understand that we have to first be unified in our own house. And and as I said yesterday, you know, I was uh, on Sunday listening to a homily by Father Tregilio on uh, the second reading where St. Paul, you know, was saying, you know, I belong to Cephas, I belong to Paul, and we can we can we can slice and dice our uh, loyalties and affiliations within the Catholic Church, but that's not what it's about. We're called to be one body of Christ with different gifts, wide and varied gifts given by the Spirit, and we have to avoid jealousy and envy and 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 uh, detraction and. Gossip and and all these things that can just eat away and at the at the at the fabric of who we are, and chop away at the foundation. You know, as I said, and I say it often, no one wants to join a church that's imploding. And we know the church will always be here. But we ask the question: you know, how for how many years now? Think about this: for how many years have parishes and dioceses? 
been batting around and, and scratching their heads and, and, and forming committees and uh, you know, putting together programs to try to bring people back to mass. What's happening? You know, you look around church on Sunday. I was doing this on Sunday at the church that I was at, looking around. And I have to say, I'm not young. <laughs> but there weren't many people younger than me there. Seriously. There's more gray hair at Mass on Sundays, if there is any hair at all, than anything else. And why? The world is, is te- tearing people away from their, their faith, their values that they were raised on. So what's happening? And what is the church, what can the church do? We pray, certainly. You know, it takes sometimes, as we saw almost 20 years ago now, the, the tragedy of 9-11, uh, something like that to put people back in the pews. But and why do people leave? Why do people leave the church? Not, I'm not saying why do they leave parishes or change parishes. You know, some people don't like a particular uh, uh, pastor or the way, you know, they preach or the music or whatever. So they, instead of going to parish A, they go to parish B. You're still in the church. Okay, good. But why do people leave the church altogether? Stop going to Mass. Why is it every year we... We see the decline in the numbers of what we have here in the Diocese of Trenton and other dioceses as well, the the October counts. There's so many reasons for these things. But we first have to be unified. We have to come together. Because if those of us who are still going to Mass are starting to fracture in our relationships and, 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 and be divided, what's going to be left? We are in this church for one reason and one reason alone. It's the church that was founded by Jesus Christ. I am not a Catholic because of any deacon, any priest, any bishop, any cardinal, or any pope. I am a Catholic because of the gift of faith that I received at my baptism and was brought in as a member of of the church, the one true church, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church founded by Jesus Christ. But if we in our church can't be united, why in the world would we want anyone to join it? So the fathers go on and say that they're talking about the spirit here, that in order to establish this holy church, Everywhere in the world till the end of time, Christ entrusted to the College of the Twelve the task of teaching, ruling, and sanctifying. Among their number, he chose Peter, and after Peter's confession of faith, he determined that on him he would build his church. To him he promised the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And after his profession of love, entrusted all his sheep to him to be confirmed in faith and shepherded in perfect unity. 
with himself, Christ Jesus, forever remaining the chief cornerstone and shepherd of our souls. It is through the faithful preaching of the gospel by the apostles and their successors, the bishops, with Peter's successor as their head, through their administering the sacraments and through their governing in love, that Jesus Christ wishes his people to increase under the action of the Holy Spirit, and he perfects its fellowship in unity in the confession of one faith, in the common celebration of divine worship, and in the fraternal harmony of the family of God. Now, people will say, well, uh, you know, the scandals in the church, it's awful. I, I'm, I don't want to be a part of this. But remember the first scandal, <laughs> the, the most horrific scandal in the church. The scandal of the one who, as they say, was the first person to ever leave Mass early, the one who betrayed Jesus, who represented uh, about 8% of his chosen, <laughs> that he personally chose. At that point, could someone have said, oh, I'm not going to be a part of this. Look at the scandal. But they didn't. In fact, the church grew probably more rapidly in that first century than it ever has since. But again, if you listen to the words of the Council of Fathers in just this, the history of the church, the founding of the church, and the establishment of the hierarchy under the, the, the head of the head of Peter and the bishops who are in union with him, this is the way Christ instituted it. He himself, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, the shepherd of our souls, of course. But we're called to live, as the fathers say, in the fraternal harmony as the family of God. And if we don't have that in our church, how can we expect the world to live that way? So the Father's writes of the church then, God's only flock, like a standard lifted on high for the nations to see, ministers the gospel of peace to all mankind as it makes its pilgrim way in hope towards its goal, the fatherland above. This is the sacred mystery of the unity of the church in Christ and through Christ, with the Holy Spirit energizing its various functions, the highest exemplar and source of the mystery is the unity, the trinity of persons, of one God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In this one and only church of God, from its very beginnings, there arose certain rifts. And then it's going to go into the breakdown, which as the apostles strongly uh, censures as damnable, but in subsequent centuries, much more serious dissensions appeared and large communities became separated from full communion. Then it starts going down to the breakdown of the church, of, uh, with the, this, the split with uh, the Eastern Church, and then, of course, with Martin Luther and everything that happened after that, which, you know, could you imagine if the church remained one? You know, how many, how many, how many Christians, I don't have the, the statistics in front of me, but how many Christians, not just Catholics, but how many Christians are there in the world? And imagine if they were all 
still members of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. The power and strength of prayer. Sadly, you know, uh, these, these um, denominations began to occur because people were disagreeing with the church Christ founded. They were disagreeing for whatever reason and whatever teachings. And it's so sad today to see some of these Christian churches that, that will promote abortion, uh, will, will uh, promote same-sex uh, marriage, Will will allow you know uh, homosexuality as as the as a norm of uh, life's a normal lifestyle. I mean, you see what's happening. So I I believe we first have to focus on ourselves as church. And and begin to come together, begin to heal the wounds that divide us, in whatever way we can. To understand, you know, no one is better than anyone else. There's no way of, uh, you know, every, everything just stays in line with the magisterium that is the teaching authority of the church. Hey, if the church permits us to celebrate Mass in both uh, the uh, Novos Ordo, the new way since the Second Vatican Council, or the Latin Mass, we can celebrate either way. Either way is just as good. There's no better way. The church permits both ways, you know, and, and I know a lot of people don't agree with that. I know a lot of people don't, don't agree with uh, communion in the hand, but the church right now permits that. It's a matter of understanding, knowledge, and, and teaching in any of those areas and, and many, many, many other areas of uh, things that occur within our church, ways of, of worship and other things too. But we have to build up. We have to focus on solidifying the foundation and the unity of our body of Christ in order to then work on the rest of it. All right, I'm going to go. How about you? I'm going to go over to the chapel. I'm going to pray for you right now. So get those prayer requests coming in because I love going into the chapel after the program to finish out my day in prayer uh, with evening prayer. So uh, I will pray for you, my friends. Pray for me. Pray for us here. You know, we need your prayers. And pray about um, how you can help us in our Radiothon two months from now. We really need you. Okay, have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you and God love you.